We got the band back together here on Bad Signal Podcast. Steve is fresh with a glistening tan. Where did you go last week? He was in the Maldives. He went to Sri Lanka. When in any world of sports are you allowed to take like a rich person vacation in the middle of the NFL season? Is that your bye week or like? Well, that was my bye week. That was it. <laughs> that, that was it. I don't even want to talk about getting there. Like just it was a nightmare, but it was great. It was worth it. But I'm back now. So. VEASAN's own Josh Applebaum. Josh, how are you doing? How is Boston? I just got back from Boston. I took a nice little quickie. 48 hour trip. I think I brought like the 55 degree weather. I'm pretty proud of myself for that, but how's Boston living? Have you gotten down to the new DraftKings Sportsbook in Connecticut? Cause I know the VEASAN guys were there last weekend. There was, there was a lot going on. I know I, I heard Kendrick Perkins was there. There was some mistake from Mish Moss and Polly Howard. They were like, he got greedy. He got greedy. He took the Celtics money line. He, he should have taken Celtics plus four. He would have got it. Those guys are hysterical. I love it. No, they really are. And Courtney, it's great to see. And again, if people don't know me and Courtney go way back, I mean, we were back to like the Alston Brighton days, like in 2010. I mean, really, really like first moving out to Boston. So it's great. It's kind of weird how careers and people, you know, people you forget or no offense. I didn't forget you, Courtney, but you know, somehow we are, our, our careers, uh, you know, intersect again. So it's pretty cool. And yeah, you brought the good weather and just grinding. I'm not, I haven't been in the Maldives, but I've been grinding pretty hard with uh, with sports betting, working from home in Boston. So uh, it's great to be on the pod. Thanks for having me. Do you, do you have any update? I'm going to have you place a nice little legislative hat on your head. What is the update that you know for sports betting legalization in Massachusetts? There is that gorgeous Wynn Casino, the Encore, that's over there in Everett. And I think people are dying to have uh, a sports book open finally. It seems like Connecticut just opened. Why Why has Massachusetts been behind the eight ball on this one? Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people ask me, you know, I'm dialed in. I'm from Mass and, you know, I, I work for Beeson, which is based, based in Vegas. And anytime like anything on the East Coast happens, they're like, oh, what about Massachusetts? So I think this is the answer you always hear, Courtney. It's really close, but for whatever reason, they just can't come to an agreement. They're arguing about whether they should allow betting on college sports, betting on BC or, uh, you know, betting on the bean pot or something like that. So they're still arguing over things that are so obviously like, you know, again, like the states that try to not allow college betting, or I get it in Jersey, like you can't bet on Rutgers, but it makes no sense. Like, again, you know, if you have to drive to a different state, all this money is leaving Massachusetts. I have friends who just go over the border to New Hampshire or, uh, pretty soon, uh, New York is going to have mobile betting as well. That's going to be massive. So I don't know the answer. I think it's probably next year. Uh, but again, it's like the will is there, the money is there, but for whatever reason, the politicians on both sides can't come to an agreement. So uh, hopefully it's next year. And I just can't wait, Courtney. Hopefully we get a DraftKings sports book at Fenway Park, at the Garden, at Gillette. Um, it's close, but I'm honestly getting sick of seeing other states except mine legalized. But hopefully it's uh, hopefully it's close here. I, I think it's kismet. I'm just on a flight. It's a nice Yiddish word for like meant to be. I was on a flight just back from Boston right now. We're recording this Thursday night. However, on my flight in my row, there's a girl and I, I have a little wandering eye sometimes. And uh, she she worked for DraftKings. She was She's worked in the IT department for DraftKings for seven years. And I made her, as I got off the plane, I was like, what a great company to work for. The things that they are expanding. And I truly believe that the future of television and broadcasting is really within um, the, the sports books. They are going to be the ones with the unlimited bank accounts. And they're going to be the ones that are going to be driving um, all of the traffic and, and really driving all the sports. And 
entertainment. And Josh, what a fabulous job that you do. I listened to Vison and I'm like, this kid is just like, they used to call me machine gun mouth in college. <laughs> Steve, what was your name in college? Me? Um, I, I, it's, I don't want to say. It was, it was, it was bro. It was probably, it was probably bro. That was probably it. I I used to have that, that short skin, the the tight skin fade haircut too. I just started growing the hair out as an adult. So like you saw that picture of me, uh, Courtney, that's what it used to look like. So I was just basically a Staten Island bro all through uh, college. I went to college in Connecticut. Well, yeah. So they called me machine gun mouth when I was in, I was in college and, and Josh, it's like machine gun mouth when he gets on these shows he's like just verbal vomit of just like this constant stream of if you had like a typewriter was going through one side of the head and going through the other it's like you're just and i was like wow he's really good and then i looked up because from boston and then we apparently yeah connected my childhood best friend like preschool best friend um we had met you guys were hooking up for a hot five seconds he goes oh do you know elizabeth Cohn?" i was like <laughs> I was like, I don't, I vaguely remember this. She took me to like some random, I'm not saying it was a trap house, but it was like a, like a weird house. We like, we're, yeah. we were doing, we were doing some, we were doing some kids fresh out of college things. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's how we met. But um, yeah, it was, that's, that's, uh, that's how worlds collide. Steve, I wish I knew you in college. You would love me. I was like, I was like a, I was a, I was a dude's girl. I was home girl for everyone. It's all right, we're, we're we're connected now, so we're, we're we got we, we we're pl- it's plenty. We're good. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to this slate. I have to tell you, I do subscribe to Points Red Weekly, which is an incredible, comprehensive, one hundred thirty-one page diatribe every single week. The guys at your company, Josh, have put together just enormous amounts of numbers and stats, but not only that, just incredible intellect and um, some of the stuff that I, I just can't even read and you contribute to that as well. So I asked you to kind of break down some of this rather complicated week 15 slate. I was going to, before this little powwow that we're having here was going to calculate all of the numbers of all the players in COVID protocol. But I think that this is just the perfect example of the COVID being back on the scene. First thing that you have to think to yourself before the season, it was plus 600 odds for a game to be canceled. Will the NFL cancel their schedule? They made that very certain. They said, we are not making room to move games back a week. They're not going to stop anything. The NBA has only postponed one game so far, and that's for the Chicago Bulls that are are dealing with an enormous outbreak up there. But, um, you know, just given that, what what is your advice to betters? Um, in a situation like this, I just think that um, this is one of those things that you just really have to, as much as you want to, lay your money down the line, get your best numbers, shop around. What is your advice to betters, Josh, with all the COVID protocols, all these players um, going on on the, uh, the 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 COVID list, reserve list, and just the moving pieces, not only players, but coaches, front office staff. Um, do, do you hold your money late? Um, are, are you just, are you not shopping around? How does the, the sports better get the best price in, in this in this particular situation? Yeah, so I think you hit the nail on the head, Courtney. Like this is the hardest week to bet on the NFL by far, mostly just because of the unpredictability. And, you know, when you're betting on sports, especially, uh, you know, having realistic expectations, like 
we know that it's tough to win at sports betting long term. You got to overcome the juice, which, you know, we have to lay, uh, we have to pay this commission or tax to the sports book to then take our bet. Then we got to overcome luck and randomness and bad breaks. And there's all these different things at play. Now you throw in COVID and really the better is up against it because it's really unpredictable nature of what's going to happen. And you see one positive COVID, you don't know if it's just that one or it's going to extend to other players. So my advice would be be super selective this week. You know, if you normally bet maybe five to 10 bets in an NFL Sunday, maybe only bet five games or two games. I would limit your bets. I would also look at some teaser opportunities, um, Courtney. Like, for example, uh, one that really caught my eye, Seattle and the Los Angeles Rams. Like, the Rams open as around a seven-point favorite at home. They have a bunch of COVID issues. You do have COVID now in Seattle, too, with Tyler Lockett. But a lot of these lines open Rams, like, laying seven points. The line is down to, like, four and a half, four. So in a mm -hmm. teaser play, I kind of want to be with the sharp move, but I, I'm missing the, the best of the number. So with a lot of, you know, systems on, and I'm a system driven better. I like to look at historical things like divisional dogs, Russell Wilson, great as a dog, uh, dog with a line move in their favor. All these matches I have on Seattle, but because of COVID, if they're now down to four and a half, I'll tease them up to 10 and a half and go through a couple of key numbers. So the other thing is I would wait until the bitter end. Like I'm not going to bet mm -hmm. any game today on a Thursday, on a Friday, on a Saturday. Most majority of my bets are going to be made Sunday morning when we literally know for sure who's in and who's out. I just think be yeah. careful and be selective this week. Well, it was a catastrophic week for the sports books last week. I know, Steve, you were on vacation. Uh, you missed it. I think 10, it was 10 for two uh, with the favorites covering the spread. It was a great week for the public, and I know that a lot of these bettors are going to be looking to reinvest. Um, Steve, as you're looking at this slate, at least for right now, are you buying into these teams continuing to cover the spread, or what What do you think? Is there a specific game that you are queuing in on that you think that the underdog still has a chance this week? So the game that I'm looking at that – I actually do think the underdog has a chance and it's not it's not a big spread. Um so the Steelers are plus 2 right now against the Titans. Mm -hmm. Um yep. and look, I don't I don't think the Steelers are they haven't been that good and the Titans honestly lately they haven't been very good either, but their offense has struggled, but the Titans defense is not very good. Their pass defense hasn't been good all year. The if Big Ben can just be above average and he was pretty good in the second i know i was away but i was paying attention um in the second half of that game last week last week mainly the fourth quarter if he could just be that if he could play yeah. like that guy i think the steelers can actually cover this this spread and win this game i hate saying that because every time i've looked to bet on them this year they've they've kind of screwed me but that's the one thing i'm looking at the other games i just really don't know with everything going on with covid and that's the one that that stands out to me i know it's not a huge spread but that's what i'm looking at really josh what do you take on the pittsburgh steelers and and all of their desperation you're looking at tennessee as as one of the surefire i feel like they're one of the teams that even as I was looking at this game tonight with the Chiefs and the Chargers, I'm just like, oh, at this point of the season, am I wavering between like betting against someone who I still think is is decent, or it's like, are you you're the good teams are are solidified? Is the Tennessee Titans are they going to put the Pittsburgh Steelers out of their misery? The Steelers are five and eight against the spread. They're one of my teams that I, I've lost twice on them this season. I I just I just throw up my hands and I say I'm I'm, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass on anything Pittsburgh or any idea. But that is a hot play uh, this week in Week 15. 
Yeah, so I actually agree with Steve on this one. I think it's a good play with the Steelers. You know, what, what opened up to me or kind of jumped out to me, I look a lot at like betting splits and then line moves. Mm-hmm. So I like to look at like percentage of bets. That's always going to tell you where the public is and then kind of line up with where's the money and how is the line moving. So this is kind of a, a blueprint play for me, like as a contrarian better who likes to bet against the public and be on the sharp side you're getting kind of the best of both worlds here. A lot of these books, just as Steve mentioned, I mean, you had openers of Tennessee laying two and a half on the road. And actually guys, this line is now down to a pick'em. You know, it's a pick'em. Some shops are down to one. Anytime you see a big move there, despite the public being on team A, the line goes to team B. That's what we're seeing here with this line move toward Pittsburgh. So if you can still find a point out there, there's a lot of good matches, especially Mike Tomlin as a dog. Uh, Mike Tomlin's been one of your best uh, dog covers. He's uh, 43 and 22 ATS, 66% in this dog spot. The other one is uh, rest advantage. That's another thing I look at when you're betting NFL. But you had, uh, you know, an early Thursday game there for the the Steelers. On the, you know, on the flip side, Tennessee played Sunday. So you have about, you know, three-day rest advantage. You have a line move. You have Tomlin good as a dog. And you hit the nail on the head, guys, like with at, um, desperation spots or uh, your season up against it. And you've also lost a couple games in a row. That's when I like to buy low on these teams. So I'm with Steve. I would go money line here. If you can find a one and maybe like the really good spot was early two and a half, tease them up to eight and a half. That's obviously yeah. gone now, but I'll, I'll still go Steelers money line here. Well, some a couple of team trends from your guys over at VEASAN. Uh, Pittsburgh is 28 and two against the spread after a blowout straight up a straight up win of 20 points or more Tennessee is 0 and 7 against the spread on the road and uh so those trends also uh speak to what you guys are both agreeing on the Patriots and the Colts this is my favorite one of the week how can you fade a team that has won six straight and is um steamrolling at least their way to winning the AFC do you know what the current numbers are I believe I saw something that they were 22 to 1 to win the AFC, that's got to be changed. I, I think that that's just what they what they opened as. If, hey, if I can find that number for you right now real quick if you want it. Yeah, no, sure. I know that Steve earlier in our, um, we have maybe a couple of podcasts ago, Steve said best bet plus 300 for the Patriots to win the AFC, to grab it as we did. And, uh, you know, with that convincing win over the Buffalo Bills, who I believe are just not going to make the postseason. I, I, you know, it's it's only fate that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady end their season. I'm just I'm 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 not convinced on anything that 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 locker room is doing. That Josh Josh Allen is hobbling into the postseason. But the Patriots, yes. What is the current number, Josh, of the uh, for for the Pats to win the AFC? Yeah, so right now they're plus 700 uh, to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the that's tied with the Packers for the third best odds. So, wow. Courtney, last time I saw you, 2010, you know, we're at <laughs> Patriots are rolling. They're rolling again. We're just going to forget about that Cam Newton year, obviously. But, um, uh, yeah, it just goes to show you that they're right up there. The only better odds would be Chiefs plus 550 and the Bucks plus 425. So that's definitely a situation where maybe if you got the Pats earlier, no one really expected this big run. They're about to cash their win total, too. You know, it was nine and a half all summer long. They need they need one more win to get ten. That's fait accompli pretty much at this point. But yeah, they're back at the the Tom Brady, you know, uh, you know, top five odds there to win the Super Bowl right now. No, you see that smile on my face. It just makes me oh so happy. Both teams are coming off of a bye, so extra rest for these teams. Seems as though they have um, come out of. Um, any of the COVID troubles, um, relatively, we'll say that, relatively unscathed. But um, what is the potential for um, this run defense to try to stop Jonathan Taylor? Uh, Josh, what do you what do you anticipate that Bill Belichick is going to drum up? It's just in terms of that, like the you know, and and um, do you do you see that being a problem? The Patriots' defense allowing seven, oh, just over seven points a game over their last five. 
Yeah, so I think if we know anything about Belichick, his number one thing is trying to take away whatever you do best, your number one weapon, and that would be Jonathan Taylor. So uh, maybe all these big guys that he you know, got in free agency, clog the line, try to uh, stay in your lane and really make Carson Wentz beat you in the air. I think that might be the game plan here. What's really interesting to me, guys, is um, this is a sharp play to the Colts. I'm not going to lie to you. Like a lot of these books open at a pick them. Some shops were Patriots minus two. Even though everyone's betting the Patriots, they're back to being a big public play, playing well. Belichick's got his magic again. This line shifted all the way to Colts minus two and a half. So that's a really sharp move, you know, a pick them or even getting points. And now Colts being favored. So I don't want to go directly against a sharp play like nine times out of 10. I'd, I'd money line this play uh, with the Colts. But leaning on teasers late in the year, I think the Patriots are in a great teaser spot. Plus two and a half. You can now take them up to plus eight and a half. And this is really kind of the buy low off a big line move where if you're laying the two and a half now or you're betting the Colts money line, you're late to the party. You're getting the worst of the number. But if you're kind of buying low on New England and teasing them up to eight and a half, I think that would be my play uh, to, to handle this game. Take the eight and a half teaser with the Pats. Steve, are, are you are you betting along with our beloved? There's your sandwich between two Boston people. Went for the the Josh the uh, the references at the beginning of the season. We kept calling the Arizona Cardinals our beloved Cardinals because they kept winning. <laughs> they were just killing it. Are you betting with our beloved Steve Armada? All right. So unfortunately, Josh pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I'm actually going. I'm taking the Colts. Uh, on this one i know oh, you no. hate that i know you hate that he's but... a big he's a big jonathan taylor guy I'm <laughs> well I'm a, I'm a big jonathan taylor guy my my most profitable bet profitable bet this year has been jonathan taylor first td scorer the only time that gets me just annoyed is when he has like a 30 yard run down to the four and they put Hines in it just gets me so mad <laughs> but um anyway i I saw the line movement before the Patriots were at, were like favored by like two or two and a half. And this swung all the way back. And to me, I just feel like so many people are high on the Patriots, which they should be. I mean, the Patriots are a really good football team, but I feel like a lot of those casual betters are going to just hammer the Pats at the plus two and a half number. And I just, I like the Colts this week. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I just, I like my, my brain after reading everything is telling me the Colts would be the play. Okay. Moving along with the Ravens and the Packers. Packers are the best team in the NFC right now. The Ravens dealing with, um, well, Mar Jackson, I don't believe practice today. I thought that there was an anticipation of that um, injured sprained ankle that he was going to be back at the practice field. And the anticipation was that he was going to have somewhat of uh, a news that he was limited today, which is Thursday, which did not happen. How does that affect your bets, Josh? Going into this game, the Ravens, huge playoff implications here. Um, again, the, the AFC is pretty jumbled. So uh, can they take down a juggernaut in, in, in Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur's team up there in, uh, in Green Bay? So I'm not sure if they can win outright, but I kind of like buying low on the Ravens plus the points. I mean, this one nope. is another game where you've had a ton of line movement. It's been crazy. Like some look at lines were, you know, as low as like Green Bay minus three on the road, minus four. You had other lines at one point that got up to like minus seven Packers. So it was all about, you know, Rodgers with his toe. He's probably good to go, but he's been complaining about it. Obviously, the big news here is uh, waiting on Lamar Jackson, where Harbaugh has said, you know, he kind of is hopeful, but he's not sure. So this is another like non-COVID situation where you still need injury uh, alerts and reports and figuring out whether or not they're going to play. But we've kind of settled at five and a half here. And this, guys, is one of the most lopsided games of the weekend. I'm looking at some splits across the market that are like 90% of, of bets uh, just playing Green Bay here. They're kind of laying a short number. It's under a touchdown. 
They've been great. One of the best, I think maybe the best ATS team, if not the best, uh, maybe top two or three, but they're 11 and two ATS. They've covered a ton of numbers. Uh, they're playing great right now. And people are really down on Baltimore. Uh, you know, you've lost two straight to Cleveland to Pittsburgh, some divisional opponents. But if Lamar plays, I, I kind of like this play with the plus five and a half. One crazy stat, if you look at Harbaugh uh, in a dog situation, this is kind of like that Mike Tomlin one. Uh, he's about 68% covering numbers as a dog. So I'll take the five and a half here. It's the most contrarian play of the week. And I think there's value buying low on the Ravens. Steve, what are your thoughts? Yes? Um, no? Right. You're liking it? So I'm going to go against Josh here. So I feel oh, I like, like this. Right, look, this at is, the, look at this. Look at this, this, is, this culture plot that I put together. Okay. This, this is why. Look, I think this is a disaster matchup for the Ravens because A, their secondary is banged up and Rodgers and Devontae Adams are going to rip them to shreds. I don't think their defense yeah. has been very good anyway. And let's talk about Lamar a little bit. He hasn't. Injury or not, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been. Yeah, no, he, he fell off. And yeah. the Packers defense has been a lot better. Um, I I think the Packers, I would take the Packers at five and a half. I think the Packers are going to smoke them. And it's the NFL, so anything could happen. But like all mm-hmm. signs, obviously all signs are pointing to me. All signs are pointing to the Packers, which means the Ravens will probably win the game. But <laughs> um, this is what I think for this one. <laughs> The last game that you have on your slate, Josh, is the uh, the Bengals and the Broncos. The Bengals did outgain uh, the 49ers last week, but they lost in overtime. Uh, the loser in this one in a jumbled AFC. Have we figured out who the who the Bengals are at this point in the season? Are we banking on uh, on that defense stepping back up again, or um, or is this just going to be the Teddy Bridgewater show for uh, for Denver? So big game for both teams. They're both seven and six, kind of on the edge here, quote mm-hmm. unquote, in the hunt for a playoff spot. So uh, really, you know, everyone's motivated for this one here. But I actually like the Denver Broncos. This is kind of a system I uh, kind of let look at and call a fade the trendy dog system. Like I like yeah. betting dogs when they're really disgusting, when they're getting 25, 30 percent of bets, when they really pretty much no one gives them a shot. Because if you're dismissed, that's when you have a lot of value. And we know that we don't bet teams. You know, we bet numbers as the old mantra is. Um, but I also think, you know, you look at situations with line moves in the past and kind of see the same situation. This looks very similar to the Cleveland Browns game last week against the Ravens. You had a short favorite. The Browns were like minus one and a half up to minus three. And if you laid the points late, you ended up losing because they won by two points, but they closed minus three. So a money line play would have got you home there with uh, with the Browns. And that's the same thing in this game, guys. The public is all over Cincinnati. Uh, young team, but you know, Burrow and Chase, a team that's kind of sexy and you want to root for and you think is about to turn it around after a two-game losing skid. And really kind of Denver style. They're not flashy. You really don't they don't get a lot of public love. You have like 65% of bets on the road with the Bengals, yet the line is going to the Broncos here. Broncos open minus one and a half. They're up to minus two and a half or minus three. I would go money line here. I think this is a don't love laying the three or two and a half, but the line's yeah. going to the Broncos at home altitude advantage uh, i'll lay like the minus 140 on the money line i'll take denver there okay steve any thoughts yeah i so i agree with josh here because all right so remember when i went to the giants eagles tailgate like two yes. weeks ago yes. so that that I, I won't forget this because i was talking to somebody in the parking lot we were talking about uh placing bets and the chargers were two and a half point were two point underdogs in denver against the Broncos and everybody was all over the chargers 
they were like, oh, this is Chargers are going to win this game. I was like, this is a Broncos line, and the Broncos won that game. This reminds me so much of that, like Broncos at home against a team that people perceive as a lot better than them, which they have the same record, mm-hmm. so they're not a lot better than them. The Broncos might win ugly, but they find ways to win, especially at home. I like Denver in this spot. They're going to bore you to death and put you to sleep, but I think those, they're going to win this game. <laughs> College football, we are approaching uh, bowl season here. Do you have any plans, either of you, to attend a bowl game? Perhaps the Gasparilla Bowl on the 23rd in Tampa Bay with the UCF, I believe, in Florida? <laughs> Something, one of those. Oh, my God. I, I'm not going to a bowl. I, might, I tried You're to go to the going pinstri- to a bowl. No, I tried to go to the Pinstripe Bowl one year, and it was like 12 degrees out and snowing, and I was like, this isn't <laughs> worth it. It's Rutgers and Pitt. Like, I can't do this. <laughs> Are you, Josh, are you invested? I mean, you grew up in Boston and to me, college football is just, um, is a world away from my brain. It's like, it's like I celebrate, I I separate the college game. It just wasn't really so much. I know that I'm just starting to get more into, I guess, the bigger teams and the teams that matter. Um, but you know, you, you, I think we, I believe we have 12 games on the slate this weekend, 12 or 16. Um, uh, not the ones that you want to talk about. There's only two that you want to hone. You want to hone in on your your face looks a little like, oh my god. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you about the UTEP game. Uh, what your thoughts are on on, on handicapping <laughs> UTEP? Um, Iowa State and Clemson. I know that our guys over at Better Edge will love this. What are your what are, what are your um? How are you how are you handicapping this one? Yeah, so I think first off, uh, and people who are from Boston, and uh, we're just going to name drop like Dunkin' Donuts and like Kelly's Roast Beef and like, you know, all the oh. important things here, of course. Yes! But, uh, beef. Yeah, beef is not a thing here. Like, it's just, it's not big. I never really got into it. I like to bet on it. But uh, truth be told, I've never been to a college football game. Never been to a BC <gasps> game. Uh, just what? not really, not really a big thing. So I don't have the experience of being there, like tailgate or anything. I, you know, NFL, of course, but. Um, really what I look for guys when it comes to bowl games right now is a great time of year to bet against the public. The public comes in for these bowl games bigger than any other game. These, we get the schedules for these games, like weeks and weeks in advance. Uh, you only get like one or two, like you have a a bunch, you know, in a day, but really it's like one or two and they get really heavily bet and influx of public betting and the public will maybe not bet all year long, but they'll come in and play whoever has the better record or the higher ranking or bet their all a moderate. It's kind of like March madness in this way. So as a result, like playing a lot of dogs, dogs tick up like 2% in terms of covering numbers uh, from uh, regular season to bowl game. So just from a, everyone, 90%, if you see a bowl game, and it's like 90% of bets on team A, that 10% on team B really has a ton of value. We've seen that historically. But um, this one, just wanted to mention uh, Iowa State and Clemson, really interesting line move. Uh, really, uh, Clemson is a very public team. They started, they really struggled early, but they ended the year, I think, with like five or six straight wins. But here's the thing. They just lost both their coordinators. They're going to go leave and go coach different teams. So it's Dabo, and then all yeah. of his coaches are gone in terms of play callers. So this is another thing with bowl games. Like, look at uh, star quarterbacks who opt out because they don't want to get hurt yep. for the NFL draft. Yep. Look for coaches getting fired. These little angles, uh, you can find an edge. And what I like about this one, guys, is Clemson, despite losing these coaches, they're still getting like 75% of bets. Everyone wants to sweat Clemson, but the line moved to, Ohio, to uh, Iowa State. A lot of these books open like Clemson laying a point or two. It's now flipped to Iowa State minus one and a half. So, again, I'll go money line here, Iowa State. I like to follow that sharp action in these bowl game situations. But focus on coaches leaving, players opting out. That's another angle to look at when you're betting these games. That is such an interesting point. And um, I, I just – you have to start thinking about – 
if you're if you are um on the lower tier of one of these bowls i mean you're going to the liberty bowl or you're going to the um i'm not saying the sugar bowl because that's a big one the gasparilla bowl and you decide that you are a prospect and this is a business decision that you decide that it would be best for you to step away from the game and get prepared for um the nfl draft you know that's important if you are a top prospect and you're playing um in the orange bowl and you step away um that's gonna hurt your draft stock so it's it's interesting it's an interesting approach and something to remember as you're going into some of these um these bowl weekends do do you do you start looking at nfl draft prospects now are you are you kind of do you have your board steve are you a draft guy um i'm not a huge draft guy i i tell everybody the same thing Every year I go ask me around week four what I think of my team's draft pick because yeah. that's when I'll have some type of gauge on it. Because realistically, I feel like the draft is everybody watching. They're all watching players that are head and shoulders above every other player on the field for the most part. Yeah. Like that's the film that you're watching and the combine doesn't mean anything. And you don't know what these guys are going to be like when they step on an NFL field. So, no, I'm yeah. not a draft guy. Will Brinson from CBS, I remember he came on um, Felger and Maz or one of their shows, and Brinson was saying that he had one of the greatest weekends after the NFL draft that he has ever. I think he hit on like 66 picks, and that was just like over-unders on players going to teams or, you know, first quarterback off the board, first, uh, you know, how many quarterbacks in the first round. I mean, that's something to start thinking about. This is really when, like, the 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 the, the sports betting geeks should be preparing Josh for the NFL draft because that is the easiest bag of money that we're going to get this year or next year, 2022. We're not even we're not out of the woods yet. I'm right there with you, and I love betting on the draft. I'm one of those nerds that like will look at the odds movement and kind of you can do some different angles. Like maybe mm-hmm. you don't know where this guy will go, but you like a head-to-head matchup against a different better, like. One thing I'll look at right now, guys, and maybe we can rewind the film if this is right. If this is wrong, you're just going to burn the tape like Spygate, okay? Uh, but Aiden Hutchinson. Bury it in the ground, man. Bury <laughs> exactly. it in the ground. <laughs> Bury it in the ground so no one knows what happened. But um, Aiden Hutchinson, right now he's minus 150 to be the number one overall draft pick. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, second best odds at plus 200. A lot of times you see with these number one picks, like it happened with Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence was like minus 150, minus 200 around this time of year. And then he ballooned to like minus 5,000, minus 10,000, like fade accompli. I think you bet you place a bet on Aiden, Aiden Hutchison right now at minus 150. Uh, there's a connection with Detroit if they get the number one pick. Obviously, he played at Michigan. You're going to want to revamp that defensive line. I think that minus 150 is low on Hutchinson. I think he goes number one, and that minus 150 could be minus 1,000 a month from now. Good to know. Good tip. Steve loves a good look at look at look at that. Those the gears. I might just go. I might turning. just go lay two grand on that right now. Let's see. <laughs> oh my god. Oh well. Any bowl games that you're betting on, Steve, this weekend? What do you thought? What so are I'm, your thoughts? I'm not. I, I'm just looking at things. Um, also, I think like because COVID is like wreaking havoc on all of sports. Don't be surprised to see some of these bowl games probably canceled at some point. I, I don't yeah. know. But what are the odds on that? The o- I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. The, the, only one, the only one I'm looking at right now, I'm probably going to bet on the playoff, but that's like in a couple weeks. Tomorrow, yeah. noon football on a Friday. Like, who doesn't love Oof. that? Bahamas, Bahamas Bowl, like really bad football, Toledo and Middle <laughs> Tennessee State. Um, I haven't done a ton 
of research here, but I'm going to take Josh's advice. I'm going to see where the money is being laid, and I'm just going the opposite here. I mean, I think Middle Tennessee is favored by like 10. Oh, Toledo's favored by 10. So maybe we'll go Middle Tennessee. I don't know what the motivation level's like in these bowl games either. They all flew to the behind. You don't, you don't know. So it's like, but yeah. tomorrow, 12 o'clock noon, if there's a daily like if there's an afternoon game that you could bet on on a weekday like i'm taking it it's like it's just done deal you're just getting yourself ready for march how about the boca raton bowl app state uh is a is laying three points against western kentucky listen i i just got my heart goes out to bowling green kentucky they were hit very hard with the um the tragic tornadoes that um swept through and devastated and uh much of the much of the midwest last week and um I'm almost looking at this. You want to talk about a dog? Uh, just a, an, an emotion, an emotional game here. Does Western Kentucky upstate App State? Um, you know, uh, Bailey's. <laughs> I'm not even gonna pretend to be an expert on this. I mean, like, how do you like? Do you walk in? You just strictly look, Josh. When you're looking at some of these lines, the Cure Bowl, Coastal Carolina against Northern Illinois. Uh, we got Oregon State and Utah State. Louisiana at Marshall. Coastal Carolina um, against Northern Illinois. How, you really are just like you're not even looking up. Do, how much research do you go into into some of these games? You just look at line movement. You just you're just like you're just diving in as a mathematician as a savant. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to do some research. Like you have to know. Like you don't want to be the idiot. Like oh, I'm betting this dog because like they have a good line movement. Figure out like yeah, but the opposing quarterback is out. Like there's some basic like level of information, like did any coaches leave? Did any, are there any opt-outs? That's what I think you got to do a little, just Twitter research, Google research in 10 minutes and get a feel for uh, any opt-outs and stuff like that. But I would say, you know, for Saturday, um, one game that caught my eye was Liberty. We mentioned them uh, in passing, but they're playing uh, Eastern Michigan and both these teams kind of similar records here. Uh, Public's actually leaning Eastern Michigan as a dog play, Mm -hmm. But here's another angle to look at this time of year. Liberty with Hugh Freeze. They've lost three straight. People are kind of down on them. But they open as like an eight-point favorite, and the line is now up to nine. So why is the line going further to Liberty if Eastern Michigan is kind of a semi-popular play? Uh, one factor would be um, their really good quarterback, Malik Wills. Uh, he could be uh, actually playing in this game. So instead of opting out, he's going to play. And what kind of like signals that send to your team? I think it's awesome. Like it, this guy who could yeah. have millions of dollars and miss and, and be, do kind of the selfish, but smart thing by not getting injured. Uh, he's not doing that. He's going to play with his, with his team. And I think that gets everyone motivated. I think you get Liberty playing uh, great on that in that spot and the Lions going in their favor, despite the public on Eastern Michigan. That's actually kind of a rare favorite that I like on Saturday. I'd lay the points of Liberty. Okay. Um, you heard it here first. I think Steve, do you have anything, any other final thoughts? Josh, Apple, App, Josh Applebaum, <laughs> it's, it's, it's enough to spit out. Josh Applebaum of Visa and where can the good people find you? Oh, Steve, give your last final thoughts. I don't even know what my final thoughts are. Is anyone betting on the famous Idaho potato bowl? We got Wyoming and Kent state. I, I don't know. You got to be a maniac to bet on that. Game. Also, the bowl game, the bowl game names have gotten more ridiculous throughout the years. I don't know if we could all agree. What, the Cure Bowl, the Lending Tree Bowl that Josh was just talking about. What's the trophy yeah. for that? Is it a mortgage? Like what? <laughs> what happens there? That's all I got. What are your What are your thoughts? So this is great. What are your thoughts on um you know uh, throwing footballs in a big tin for a uh, hundred thousand dollars in college scholarship? Sh should you be able to? You have to be able to pass the ball. Yeah, like, the grandma passing it in. It. 
the grandma pass, you can't do it. I don't care if you're just, you're no. trying to, you're going to like, you're going to ease down a, a demographic there. You know, I know they want to be like all inclusive on certain things, but um, you got, you got to get a, go, go find me, go find a chick that's athletic that can throw a football because I, I don't want to see any of those wacky halftime. Oh, here, I'm going to give you $25,000 up to $250,000 for your, you know, for your college scholarship or a mortgage down payment on your house. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you on that. Like you basically I'm with, I'm done with this with the granny style shovel pass. That's not <laughs> that's not what the game is meant for, right? Like let's get some athletes out there. That gets Josh, me so you're an mad. athlete. What, Sorry. What what did, what did you play in high school? Uh I played baseball, I played hockey. Um okay. rode the bench in hockey was decent in baseball, but yeah, I agree. Uh no chest passes like uh the like the Jimmy Chitwood like underhand free throw, you know, from Hoosiers. <laughs> None of that is either. And maybe we can just like forgive student debt or like a little bit of it and just make everyone. Right. Like, how about that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, or like, why don't you get like one athletic person and then put a group of five unathletic people and then have them represented so they like share the pop? I'd like to see more kids winning scholarships, not like in, in less money, you know? Like, let's not blow out one person's debt. What if they rack up a bunch of credit card debt after school? <laughs> kind of like me. <laughs> Anyways, all right, boys, this was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Josh, what can we what can we catch you on? Yeah, so Your just show. tune into Beeson. Yeah, you can go uh, follow at Beeson Live on Twitter. You can find me at Josh underscore Insights on Twitter. And any any of the stuff we talked about, we have a free newsletter. It's like the simplest, easiest thing you can do. You'll get sports betting info every single day in the morning. Uh, it's a really comprehensive newsletter talking line moves and articles. So that's Beeson.com slash newsletter. And another plug, uh, I wrote a book, believe it or not, The Everything Guy. I was just going to ask you. So, yeah, the if book? you want to pick one up, I don't know if Bezos can like uh, drone it to your house by Christmas, but uh, if we can, hey, grab it. It's uh, The Everything Guy to Sports Betting, all the tips and strategies, and how to be a really annoying contrarian better. That, that's a lot of tips there, too. Oh, yes. We're betting dogs <laughs> this week, man. We're getting back on the horse. <laughs> Fuck the sports books. <laughs> oh, my God, boys. Thank you so much. This was fun. I see a red door and I want it. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.